Hey, Bucketheads, what's up? It's Joe with at CBBDFS, and as always, Bird and James are with me, and we are ready to give you another Saturday morning shoot-around, our seventh edition of the Saturday morning shoot-around. How you guys doing? Doing great. Yeah, doing well. What's going on this fine Friday evening? whole lot of nothing. Yeah, it's kind of relaxing tonight. It's been a nice, quiet evening, uh, ready for a nice, solid weekend. I got a quiet weekend ahead, too, um, so I get to kind of dig in and watch some college basketball. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's my plan tomorrow night, watch some basketball and put in some bets and win a, win a bunch of money. Nice. What are you, uh, James, what's your first initial thoughts on the uh, slate we have at 11 for our Saturday morning shoot-around? Um, I think there's some some good games there. You know, we'll obviously go through them here in a little bit, but... You know, there's some pretty good over-unders there. I think there's some good games to target and uh, some good players. So I think it's better than the last uh, <laughs> better than the last couple, I think, that we've had. You're a lot nicer than I am. I think looking at the pricing and trying to come up with certain plays today was, uh, was a lot more challenging. And part of that's going to be because, you know, we're this deep into the season. But at the same time, it's interesting. It's an interesting slate, that's for sure. What about you, Bird? What are your, what's your thoughts? No, I agree. Probably a lot of balanced lineups uh, that'll be out there because there's not a whole lot of value plays. Um, but that's the thing. You know, right now it's Friday night. By Saturday morning, the injury news will start piling in. Mm-hmm. And that's really where you find your value is, is based off injury news. So keep your eyes peeled to our Twitter account. We'll share as much as we can and be ready to make some pivots onto some of those value options. Yeah, this is a point-in-time podcast, and right now it is Friday night. What was it, last Saturday where the whole Miami backcourt was out yeah you know right, so yeah all the value plays we gave you were kind of washed away with these new value plays so yeah. who, who knows what's coming tomorrow there's there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of a heads up out there um in the community on a couple of guys um and we'll touch on them when we get to those games um as best we can but again we'll be we'll be uh watching the the twitter feed tomorrow and giving you guys information and passing along as we see it Bird, looks like we got some questions again. Mr. 865 hit us up again. He wanted to know about some games specific, which we'll talk about when we get into uh, Butler and Providence and DePaul and Marquette. But, James, he did have an ACC question here, and he just wanted some general thoughts on Louisville NC State. I was wondering if you wanted to answer that. Yeah, I think just from a game, kind of what to expect there. Uh, Vegas has got Louisville only favored by three. That was a little bit surprising, I think, to me. Um, they also had the over-under at 141. Louisville's been really, really good defensively this year. Uh, NC State, not as good, and uh, but they're both really good offensive teams. Uh, so I think that'll that'll be an interesting one. I think they'll definitely be something. That'll be a game that people get exposure to, and you know, definitely one that we'll we'll talk more in depth on uh, a little bit later. And uh, Bird, I, we like to start with our "Don't Go Overboard" section, but one of the things Mister Eight Sixty Five said was uh, Butler Providence, one of those games you want to run away from. Are you in the same camp as me? There are multiple games we want to run away from potentially. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. I think we have four games that are listed in our "Don't Go Overboard" section, and there's a few teams that I just don't see us having a lot of exposure to. That there's just it just doesn't make any sense on the site. So there's probably a couple teams that you might be able to. X off uh, right away. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's not waste any time. Um, let's try to keep this podcast a little shorter than the last time as we get better with this new format. And let's start right away with our don't go overboard section. And and Bird, this is your 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 role. Why don't you get us started? Yeah, the first one we have here is Tennessee at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a six point home favorite with an over under of one twenty eight. Joe, you know SEC is is kind of your conference. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, can anybody can anybody stop Reggie Perry? No, not 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 on Tennessee right now. Fulkerson's a decent player, but he's not Reggie Perry. If you haven't watched Tennessee this year, it's nowhere near what last year's Tennessee was. It's a completely a different team. There's a lot of fun and exciting talent on this team, but Mississippi State should cover the six pretty easily. The over/unders just 128. Uh, so I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of plays. I think we've rightfully slotted it in this don't go overboard section, but I don't think there's anyone on that Tennessee team that can check Perry. The question is, and I'll throw this back to you guys, the game isn't good. Reggie Perry's price is astronomical. He's 8,900. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? He is averaging 40 DK at home That's uh, good. right now, so he's got a really good home split, uh, 14 games. He's only averaging 29 DK uh, on the road. So, I, you know, I'm with you on the 
the game flow could be pretty bad in that one. How many shots uh, is he going to get up? That's kind of a tough one. The thing with Perry is his rebounding safe. It's always going to be there, and so is his right. usage. For a big, if you can get a big down low who's getting that 28% usage, 29% usage that he has, that's a bonus. And and if you watch a Mississippi State game, which I recommend everybody should because Reggie Perry is going to be playing in the league soon, sooner rather than later, um, they run that offense through him. Uh, so the ball comes down, and it's where's Reggie in the post is their first look every time. So that type of usage from a big and the guaranteed rebounding upside, I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of money. Um, he had 21 points, uh, 12 rebounds against Auburn at home, which I would say Auburn's a better front court defense than, than Tennessee is. So mm-hmm. he can still get there. It's going to be a little bit harder than it normally would be, but he can get there. Yeah, it's the tempo really that scares me. You yeah. know, it's it's both these teams are in the 300s and tempo, and it's the number of possessions and the number of opportunities. And you know, it's just one of those things that cash sounds good. I wouldn't build my entire GPP lineup with him as the centerpiece, though. Yeah, slower the tempo, the less possessions, less opportunity to score DraftKings points, and so that's always a negative. Probably the same thing with Nick Witherspoon. He's got over 30 DK and three of his last four games. If he could ever avoid foul trouble. He's typically a pretty high floor play, but again, with a slower tempo, slower environment, probably have to knock him down just a just a notch. Yeah, and on the Tennessee side, it just seems like someone different steps off offensively each time out. You can tell by their pricing. That's kind of how they're laid out. 65, 64, 63, 62, or excuse me, 6,000 for their main guys, 57 for Josiah Jordan-James, who I like but has a questionable tag, so watch Twitter for that. It's just one of those things where – it's instead of playing roulette with the Tennessee guys with that implied point total in the 60s, maybe not even getting to 60, high 59, I, maybe I, you just stay away from that. Yep, don't go overboard. And another game we have on the don't go overboard list is Providence at Butler. Uh, Butler is an 11-point favorite at home at Hinkle, and the over-under in that game is 129. Uh, Butler won the first meeting 70-58 to 58 on the road. Providence has, has really, really struggled this year, and Joe, again, you're a big East guy. Uh, Cooley's seat not so cool again? <laughs> oh, hey not, not, not so Cooley, um, which is which is crazy. And what's what's even crazier is the fact that he was a contender for that Michigan job. So, you know, I think the Luane Pipkins thing didn't really take off like they were hoping. Yeah. They're a team that locks that perimeter shooting. Um, Duke's a good player, but still kind of feels out of, out of role. Either commit to him at point guard or commit to him at the two. He has a problem switching between the two. Alpha, Alpha Diallo is always going to be a, a premier player, but he's not a fluent scorer. Um, he's $8,000 tomorrow. So again, kind of like Reggie Perry, given the 120, what is it, 129 over under? I'm not sure I want any of Alpha Diallo tomorrow on the Butler side of things. Butler is who they are. We need to watch the status, and we'll we'll keep you guys op- updated as best we can on Aaron Thompson. Bird, you haven't heard anything on Thompson, have you? Uh, no, I haven't. He, he's still listed as day to day. With Thompson out, uh, Jordan Tucker has moved into the starting lineup, uh, so definitely something to watch. I think Jordan Tucker had 17 points the first time they played at Providence. Yeah. Yep. So he's someone to keep an eye on. He is, um, and he's up to 5,500, which is uh, definitely not priced according to his talent, but he's someone that's kind of always been a little bit of a headache for me from a DFS perspective. Also, if uh, Thompson is out, Henry Badley um, is the guard guard forward at 4,200 who's picking up some minutes as well. He's played around 30 minutes the last two games. He's not doing much in those 30 minutes, but 30 minutes is 30 minutes, so that's worth noting at least. I think for this game, my uh, cash play is actually going to be Kamar Baldwin. I had 31 DK last time at Providence, so he that was only on nine shots. Um, I would expect he'll probably take more shots. This game probably won't have a ton of possessions either, um, but that's way under what he normally shoots. So I, I think he's a fairly safe cash play. Not sure I would play him in GPP. Might be a little bit risky at that price point, but uh, I'd feel pretty comfortable at home uh, yeah, having at, my cash lineup. At home, 31%. Usage, 23% assist rate, 15% rebound rate. He's kind of a sneaky good rebounder for a 6'1 guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Baldwin's always safe in cash. Yeah, another sneaky good rebounder on that team is Sean McDermott, and he's been, his form is really good lately. He had eight rebounds yeah, uh, last game, nine rebounds the game before. Uh, he scored 40, what, 48 DK points last game, 32 the game before, and he's only priced at th- uh, 6,400. Probably more of a, 
a tournament play. He doesn't have a, a super high floor, but if he gets hot from three, you know, he can really kind of rack up some points and maybe another option in that game as well. Right. Yeah. And staying with Butler, I'd probably be off Nezzy, um, who's the same price as McDermott, 6,400. I'd rather gamble with the shooter. For sure. We did mention Duke. He's 7,200. Too rich for me for this game flow. And then uh, I always like Nate Watson for Providence at 5,800. Here's a guy who averaged 14 and 7 last year, um, was hurt to start this year. So he's really never regained that form or that price tag from last year. But I've, I've seen him do it. Now, granted, it was mostly in 2019. But I've seen Nate Watson roll out double-doubles. So for me at 5,800, I always see that. I always do a double-take and feel like that should be about 7. So... He got 33 minutes last game, so if you give him 30 minutes at, at 5,800, then that, that yeah, looks really good. For sure. But that's enough on Providence Butler. Again, we're talking about a 129 over-under. Butler's an 11-point favorite, so it's not even really expected to be all that close. So just think wisely. Maybe a player or two. I do like James's cash selection, but I don't know how much more love you want to give that one, especially when we have some other games, uh, eight more games that we can still touch on. Yeah, so let's move over to Michigan State at at Wisconsin. Michigan State is a one-point road favorite over-under of 131. And, uh, James, I don't know, are you going to be okay that Brad Davison's going to miss this game? I know he's one of your favorite players. <laughs> the the ball puncher. Uh, he, yeah. he, he'll he be out. Yeah, he finally got a one-game suspension there. And then Kobe King uh, quit the team, essentially. Um, so there's been a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of news on that this week. So that, that leaves Wisconsin pretty lean and to kind of segue into my gpp play um i'm actually going to take dimitrik trice uh, for that reason uh he has always been a good offensive player i think he's just uh you know with that wisconsin team they typically are pretty balanced and there's just some games where he just disappears but games that he gets up a lot of shots he normally does pretty well and so i think they're going to rely on him and he's been playing pretty well lately uh, but I think they're going to rely on him more, certainly against Michigan State. They're going to need to. Um, so I, that's a that's a guy I think that um, you know could go off. He had uh, 39 DK, 16 real points uh, on 10 shots against Iowa. Uh, so I, I think that's a guy that um, you know you want to get in your GPP lineup. 39 real points that would qualify as a GPP hit because we need 5x, and for him that's going to be about 30, um, 31 to get that number. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't just been scoring dependent. He's getting, you know, he's had uh, nine rebounds last game, 10 rebounds a couple games ago, six assists last game, seven, uh, seven assists a couple games ago. So he's doing it with more than just scoring, which is something we always want to see. Um, always gives you a higher, a higher ceiling. Yeah. Another thing to note about that game, uh, particularly with Wisconsin Reavers, uh, you will want to pay attention to Potter's status. He tweaked an ankle at the end of the last game, and so he's they haven't disclosed how serious that is. So it'll be a game-time deal, unfortunately. Uh, but keep an eye on Twitter because if Potter can't go, um, he's really cut into Reavers' minutes lately. He's probably outplayed Reavers, really. If he doesn't play, it's it's the Reavers' show. He'll get every single minute that he's <laughs> that he can be out there. Um, and so that might be, might be somebody that you want to target at uh, 6,900. Hey, James, any thoughts on Cassius Winston? He's only, I think, 7,900 on the slate. Which just seems so so low for a guy who's potential, you know, first team All American. Yeah, you know, he didn't have a great game against Wisconsin earlier this season. Uh, actually, that was just a couple weeks ago. Um, he only had 17 DK on three of 12 shooting. You know, so definitely one of his worst games. That was at at Michigan State. I probably would like him a little bit better in this game. Uh, Cole Center is obviously a really tough place to play, uh, but with you know Davison being out, who's a pretty good defender, obviously. Um, when you punch people in the in the nutsack, you know. <laughs> the Wisconsin baggers. The Wisconsin baggers. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, that's uh, you know, with that being a, a thin team, you know, Winston could could get going. So it wouldn't be. I wouldn't say it was. Uh, you know, he'd be a safe cash play. Maybe I, I would probably target him in GPP and uh, just kind of roll the dice there and and see what happens. Yeah, just in general, Big Ten teams te- uh, seem to struggle on the road, so that yeah. that impacts DFS as well. So, uh, anybody sure. else you guys want to hit on that there, or do you guys want to go to the next game in the don't go overboard section? Now uh, let's let's go to the last game in this section, and uh, and then we can get out of these m- muck up games. Yeah, so this one should be a muck up game for sure. Uh, Kansas State at West Virginia. 
West Virginia is a hefty 15-point favorite with an over-under of 131. Uh, Joe, you want to get us started on this one? <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> no. Hey, uh, no. This this game is uh, is one I'm going to just completely fade. I'm just Xing it out. Um, I yeah. don't have a good enough feel for West Virginia on a day-to-day basis. Bird is our Big 12 guy, so he'd probably be a better resource there. But I don't. I feel like lately I've been missing on Oscar when I've tried to play him, so I'm probably just going to fade Shuibe and the Mountaineers altogether, and I cannot in any good conscience tell anyone to play a Kansas State guy. Uh, Was the West Virginia third in defensive efficiency right now? They're even better at home, and this game's at home. I will note that Huggins passes Adolph Rupp with a win, so I think there's going to be some motivation, and this one's going to be ugly. Hey, Bird, does... uh before we jump into the DFS part, if I, you would have made me guess the over-under in this game, I probably would have put it at like 120, low 120s. Oh, yeah. Well, 31. Yeah, yeah, it seems high to me. Seems super high. Because I don't, you know, nobody scores points at West Virginia, and Kansas State doesn't score points anyway. So, right. I mean, would anybody be surprised if they scored 45, 50 points tomorrow? Yeah, oh, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a shock at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I've got Xavier Sneed as one of my best plays. Xavier Sneed's a forward for Kansas State. He is 7,400. And we talked about this last pod, just talked about it now. West Virginia hasn't given up 60 points at home since early December. Uh, Snead hasn't hit 4X in six straight games. Kansas State plays at the 242nd tempo in the nation, so they're really slow. And add on top of that, their offensive efficiency is 180th in the nation. And this That's is just not good. A, no, it's really bad. A lot, of, a lot of bad numbers there, and it's just a really easy fade. Uh, at 7,400, uh, a guy who's probably not going to get anywhere close to 30 DK points Hey, my boy Montavious Murphy for Kansas State's still playing well though, and he's his side's going to be needed. He's forty four hundred. That is not an endorsement to play him. I'm just saying, someone to watch for fun. Yeah, he's playing pretty well, and actually McGurl's playing uh, a little bit better too. So he he's not bad. And somebody else you could keep an eye out for for West Virginia is Gabe Osabian, and so he's a forward. He transferred from Arkansas, I believe. Yeah, he's just yep. like an energizer bunny out there. Uh, works his butt off, and, and his minutes are increasing lately. He got 26 minutes two games ago, 29 minutes last game. He scored 20 DK points in five straight, and he's only 5,000. So if you're looking for a guy who's going to get you a steady 4X, rebounding upside at home in a complete rock fight, uh, he's somebody you could take a look at as a value play at 5K. It's more than likely going to be that rock fight like you're talking about, but with the Adolph Rupp milestone on the line and the big line, and if West Virginia steamrolls, I could see these West Virginia guys having a really good DFS game, like like Osabin or or whatever his name, however you pronounce that guy's last name. Yeah, and that's they're also they come they're coming off a game against Texas Tech where they gave up 89 points on the right. road. So Huggins is going to be pissed. I mean, he's yeah. going to be pissed. Their home crowd's going to be fired up. She weighs down to 7,000 at home against an inferior <laughs> opponent. I mean, they, wow. He's, he's I know. a double machine. I know he's been inconsistent lately. His minutes are down. Um, but that's when we want to target guys. That's when you have, you know, the best exactly. opportunity to get a low price. So I think he's somebody you could gamble with in a GPP too. Yeah, and he can absolutely smash the slate too. He could come out with fifty five tomorrow. That wouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah. All right, let's let's close the book on the uh, don't go overboard section. Those are the games where the over unders aren't that appealing, the tempos are not that appealing, um, just the games in general really aren't that appealing. But our next group is our tread water section. These games are going to get a little bit better, hopefully a little bit faster, a little more offensively efficient. Um, but these tread water games, we got three of them here. Bird, and which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Indiana at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is an eight point favorite at home with an over under of one thirty four. And James, a lot of news uh, in, at Ohio State. DJ Carton, a guy we loved, um, is, is going to be out. Yeah, yeah, he's actually from a city that's not too far from where you guys are right now. If you follow the kind of prep basketball, you you knew about him before he went to Ohio State. But a uh, very good player. Uh, didn't really get a chance to uh, find that you know sort of consistent role on that team. And uh, came out on Twitter this week and um, said he's you know been dealing with some mental health issues. Uh, very courageous, I think, for him to to kind of come out and admit that and take some time away from basketball uh, to try to get better. So, um, you know, good luck to him and and hope he you know gets well. He, um, he made it pretty clear that he's coming back to play once he gets right too. It's not one of those walking away for good deals. Yeah, 
I'm not so sure on that part. <laughs> well, you talking about yeah. at Ohio State, or are you talking about in general? I think he'll come back and play basketball. I just don't know that it'll be Ohio State. Um, I think there's some tea leaves out there that would suggest that he may end up at uh, one of the Iowa schools, um, probably Iowa, you know, his home not very far from there. So, True. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but best of luck to him, uh, and hopefully he uh, can find his way back on some basketball team in the, in the future. And, uh, you know, we can get to watch his, uh, you know, kind of career take off because he's really, really talented. So I, I think on that, you know, kind of switching into the DFS part there, we obviously don't have him. He played a lot at the point guard, uh, played a lot at the two guard. Um, so I think you're going to get, uh, see a lot of, uh, CJ Walker at the point. He was getting a majority of the minutes there anyway, but I think he, he's probably going to play, uh, max minutes at that point. Uh, Luther Muhammad, Dwayne Washington, kind of split time at the two with Carton. Um, they play a little bit on the wing too. And so I, I think Luther Muhammad will probably get a majority of the minutes there. Dwayne Washington, they can kind of shift over back up Andre Wesson at the three. So you like Muhammad as your value play to tomorrow too. You think he's first in line yeah. for those, those wing minutes at 4,500, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think I, Washington's probably the better player to be honest. Um, so I, I think you could probably do a coin flip situation there if you really wanted to. But for the lower price point, uh, Muhammad is at 4,500 right now. And he's had some quiet games, Muhammad has. But I think, uh, you know, with the uptick in minutes, you know, you could take a chance on him. And so I, I, I think I probably will tomorrow and kind of see what happens. And obviously after tomorrow, we might have a clearer picture of, you know, what direction they go. But so that's that's the one I'm going to try out. So the first time these two teams played, uh, Ohio State kind of got beat up pretty good, right? Now at home, they're an eight-point favorite. Is there what's what's Indiana looking like for you? Indiana hasn't been good on the road at all. You know, obviously, Big Ten's you know, that's been the storyline this year about you know, how hard it is to win on the road anyway. But uh, Indiana, in particular, has struggled, and they've been really good at home. And so I think that's where you've seen some of these big wins. They beat Ohio State earlier, uh, 66 to 54. Um, Ohio State struggled pretty bad and they've lost, let's see, six of the last eight games. Um, so they're, they're not in a good position. They need to find wins at this point. Um, obviously they're losing cartons, not going to help them. Um, but that's a team that really needs to come together, find their identity and string together some wins. And I think that'll start tomorrow. I, I, th- I think they'll, they'll win that game pretty easily. All right. So, and you also have your bus play from Indiana in this one too, right? Yeah, that's correct. And I'm going to go with the, the freshman, uh, phenom Jackson Davis. He's at 7,400. Uh, he's a guy that's struggled on the road this year, uh, which is pretty common for, you know, freshmen, I think, uh, no matter how good you are. Uh, but he's only averaging 25, uh, DK points on the road. Uh, 7,400. So you can do the math there. And, uh, you know, Ohio State, like I said, I think they're going to put the clamps on him. I think they're going to try to come out and really shut, shut down that offense. So I, I don't see him. I don't see him getting there. Gotcha. I'm, I'm good. Bird, you got anything to add on that game? No, I think CJ Walker might be the safest option out of all of them. You know, he's probably going to play the majority of the point guard minutes at 5,000. Um, yeah. I think he's a guy who's a pretty good guy you could look at in a cash type of format. Like James said, uh, Washington and Muhammad are going to play uh, quite a few more minutes as well. Um, so some, some good options there. Uh, bad Wesson, uh, Andre's played a little bit better lately. He's not, not as bad as he's been. He's only 5,500. There's some options. They're at home. They need a win really badly. I'm not sure I want to go up and pay the 8,500 for Caleb Wesson, but he, he, he probably could smash here too. So I, I would lean uh, any of these Buckeye value plays. Um, and maybe in GPP looking at a, at a Caleb lesson. Let's put a bow on this game. I feel like we talked about this plenty. Big 10 fans will be happy. Let's get to some Big 12 heat. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Big 12 doesn't have any heat this year. <laughs> it's the most boring conference on earth. Uh, which is too bad because I'm a Kansas fan and, I, and they have elite teams. Like they have awesome, awesome teams, but from a DFS perspective, nobody's going to get excited. And, uh, this is probably another one where nobody's going to get overly excited. Oklahoma State. At Oklahoma, unless you live in the state of Oklahoma, you probably aren't too excited. Uh, Oklahoma, six-point favorite at home, over-under of 136. Uh, Oklahoma State still hasn't won 
in Big 12 play yet, which is unbelievable. I think I had them finishing in the top half of the league before the year started, a bunch of returning starters. And they returned everybody. They returned the whole team, and it's they're just – they're a mess. They have a great recruiting class. They have an elite recruit coming in, coming in next year, so that's something to look forward to. But uh, for tomorrow, I, nobody stands out as a as a great value option on the road, even though Oklahoma plays a little bit faster. Joe, you have any thoughts on on the Sooners? Not particularly. I do have my bus play from this game though, and um, Brady Manick is who I'm going with here. He's up to eighty two hundred dollars, which is a season high price point for him, and he's had some awesome games just within the last couple of weeks he's got a 51 and a 44 under his belt but at, at this price point $8,200 he needs 33 for value he didn't sniff that last game um, he didn't get it the game before that and he's more of a 25 26 DK point per game type guy so I just think he's way overpriced um, Oklahoma State doesn't necessarily scare me in the matchup so I think there's opportunity for Manic there Yes, he is at home, but I just I feel he's so grossly overpriced after that big stretch that he had that getting to that 33 DK is going to be kind of difficult in a game with uh, an over-under that's just 136. And for someone who's playing above his ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, you look at the utility position and you look at some of the names that are underneath him, Markel Johnson, Cassius Winston, Jordan Wara, right. uh, Baldwin Gillespie, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like these are players that are more talented basketball players than than Brady Manick is. And but yes, he, he has been but, on fire lately. He is at home, but yeah, he feels overpriced to me. Yeah, those names also look less like Larry Bird, though. That is true. I wish he would. Uh, he shaved his hair. I, I like the old locks that he had. He looked exactly like him. <laughs> hey, I have a value play out of this game as well, and. I'll be honest, the value plays, you know, we have this game where we you have to pick somebody 40, 4,500 or less as a value play. I don't necessarily love any of the people under 4,500. We talked about it at the beginning. Uh, injury is going to create a lot of value uh, overall, and we kind of need to wait for the injuries to come up. Um, but I did pick uh, Alondis Williams from Oklahoma as my value pick. He's a guard who's 4,200. J- Jamal Biennemi has been just really terrible this year. And his, his minutes have actually started dropping. He's only averaging 4.7 points per game at that shooting guard position right now. And Oklahoma needs somebody who can put the ball in the basket. And Williams has played increased minutes over the last two games. I think he played 23 minutes last game. He scored 13 points two games ago, uh, 15 points the game before that. He's taken 21 shots over the last two games. And I think Lon Kruger just needs somebody to put the ball in the basket besides Manick right now. Uh, Doolittle hasn't been quite as good and, uh, at least uh, Williams can he can spread the floor, he can hit the three, and in a fast tempo game at home, um, I feel like he's a decent value play, a guy who could get you four x. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, just looking at Bienemy's game log because I saw him at forty three hundred, and yeah, the minutes are starting to finally go down. He's not scoring at all. He can get a couple boards and assists, but four point seven points per game. I remember playing him a ton last year. Yeah, he's had a really disappointing sophomore season. It's been, I mean, it's really hurt him. And, and then Devion Harmon isn't probably, he's a good player, uh, but certainly not a great player yet and definitely not a great player from a DFS perspective. So that's why I think they're going to look for a little bit of a spark. Uh, maybe somebody can get, can get that offense going and Williams may be that guy. Yeah, quick, uh, quick note on kind of advanced metrics here, but looking at Oklahoma State's defense in conference, they are giving up 50% of the opposing team's field goals are from three-point range. And 41% of their opponent's scores uh, come from three. They're absolutely letting it, <laughs> letting it get rained on there. So <laughs> there may be, uh, if you're targeting uh, Oklahoma shooters, there could be some uh, advantage matchup there. Right. And, and Bird, uh, one more quick question about OU. I have not really played Austin Reeves at all this year. What's his game like, or is he worth exploring? Because it, I just it doesn't seem like he should be a seven thousand dollar guy. No, he's he's your standard player that we've talked about kind of every podcast. Started out the year putting up thirty DK points kind of every night, uh, doing a little bit of everything. And once conference play has hit, he's really came back to life. He's a Wichita State transfer. Um, he's been driving to the basket a little bit more than just relying on shooting. Um, he's a he's a good player, um, but he's more of a I'd say like a $6,400 player, $6,200 player, sure. uh, rather than that 7K range. 
and last thing I promise and we can move on to the other Big 12 game, but what's going on with Crime Dog McGriff, another guy I played a ton last year? That Oklahoma State team is just a mess in general. Uh, Crime Dog mm-hmm. has played better lately. You look at his, at his uh, game logs, he's had over 25 DK points in three of his last four, but his usage is way, way down. They've just been... They've been a mess. Uh, Waters has played okay recently. Lindy Waters has been all right, but they have no identity. Um, they have no identity. They play no defense. Uh, likely is finally healthy, but they're just they're lost out there. I feel like they've kind of given up a little bit and are just kind of looking looking forward to next year because most of that team is back next year as well. Yeah, it's not what you want though. No, no. All right, we can turn the page now on the battle for Oklahoma. Why don't we uh, flip to the next Big 12 game that's going to close out our uh, tread water section here. Yeah, this is Iowa State at Texas. Texas is a four-point favorite at home with an over-under of 140. And I actually have one of my uh, tournament plays here, one of my GPP options in Jericho Sims. And I can't even believe that comes out of my mouth because Jericho Sims has been a guy who's kind of under underachieved his entire career. But uh, Liddell is out. Peppa's out, and so really Jericho Sims is the only guy who can play quality minutes down low. Uh, Kai Jones isn't quite ready yet. Um, they have another couple freshmen that just aren't ready to play. So Sims has to play 35 minutes just based out of necessity. If you look at his game logs, he's had at least 27 DK points in three of his last four, playing 35 minutes in back-to-back games. Iowa State is 129th in defensive efficiency, uh, dead last in the Big 12 defensively. Um, they've also been dominated on the defensive glass, which is something that Sims is really good. This does have a respectable 140 over-under, and it's a pace-up game at home. So I think Sims is really viable in all formats, um, but just he's going to be on the court the entire game. I think he's got a chance to to really exceed value. Is this a uh, matchup that would be favorable for Halliburton? I know a lot of people are going to be looking at him. Um, obviously, super high-priced, but is this... Is this a matchup do you think he can excel in, or do you think this uh, be a good time to fade him? Texas does turn the ball over quite a bit, um, so I think there's going to be some opportunity there. Uh, Halliburton's averaging 2.4 steals per game, um, and, and he is going to have a ton of usage. I think just his ability to do a little bit of everything. He's mm-hmm. had over six rebounds in the last three games. Texas's defense isn't quite as good as I think everybody thought they were going to be this year. Right. Uh, he'll have a size advantage over Coleman and over Ramey and over Febris, and over, uh, maybe not over Andrew Jones, but have a little bit of an advantage there. And he's just so active. He is that whole team right now for Iowa State. So I, I think he's okay. I wouldn't uh, rush to put him in my lineup, but especially at 9,000 on the road, I, I wouldn't rush right. to put him in. But I think he's a guy who's probably going to end up getting 32, 34 DK points tomorrow. 40 minutes a game in his last three games. <laughs> so he's he's playing the entire time. That is all the minutes. Yep. That's all of them. And he's done well. I mean, at Baylor, he had 38. Uh, at Auburn, he had 34. So I think he's a guy who's going to get his. But I also don't see it being like, oh, Halliburton just dropped a 50-burger. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, close off that section. Now we got uh, three more games remaining. They're all in our dive-in section. These are the games where uh, we want a little bit more exposure to these games, either due to the matchup or to the tempo or to just the over-under in general. Who's kicking off our uh, dive-in section? The first one here is Louisville at NC State. Louisville is a three-point road favorite with an over-under of 141. And Joe, uh, Jordan Warrow (laughs) went absolutely bananas last game. Uh, Any thoughts on him? Yes, actually, I have him as my cash play. And this, uh, you guys might want to hit record uh, on your uh, cassette tapes um, because that's how this works. Uh, but I'm going to give Louisville some love here. And as the resident Louisville uh, poo-pooer on the pod, take note. Uh, I actually really like Louisville. Um, they're a three-point favorite on the road. Uh, the over-under is 141. I like the over in this game. Uh, Bird, you're right. Nuora went absolutely ham last game with 54.8 DK points. 37 and 9 and he's someone when he gets hot he gets hot so he normally goes on a run of a couple of games so if you look at his game log if he has one big game he normally follows it up with a couple others and north carolina state isn't a uh, a defensive uh, juggernaut by any means so I, I i like him to keep it going and just at his price uh 7900 you think that's I, I can't confirm it off the top of my head but i think that's his lowest price point of the year but this is a uh, preseason all-american that you're getting for 
19th on the slate in pricing probably. And I think he's pretty much a lock to get that, uh, be a safe cash play for you this evening. So, uh, definitely like Nora, feel free to get him in your lineup. James, you're our ACC guy. Can you kind of back me up on that NC state defensive opinion? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that that's a team that, uh, was actually pretty good defensively last year. And this year they're, they're just not. In fact, they're probably one of the worst defensive teams for in a, all power five, really. But so I think that's, you know, even though they're going to be at home, Louisville, clearly the better team here. You know, they're going to be playing, um, I, I would say at a decent pace. Their adjusted tempo is not great. They're only ranked eighth in conference. Louisville's clearly the better team. So I, I think that yeah. you can play Awara. You can, there's probably a couple other guys there yeah. that you can in target. Fact, Actually, in fact, my uh, value play comes from this game as well on the Louisville side of things. So I am all Louisville all the time, this pod. Um, <laughs> so as David Johnson has kind of been the spark plug and been the guy that's uh, caught everyone's attention, and now he's at 5,500, but he was that cheap player from last weekend and uh, the last week or so that we've been playing. As he's kind of gone off and established himself, Darius Perry is kind of quietly – been just as good right behind him. And Darius Perry is a, is a shooter who the last three games has gone 30, 26, and 23 minutes. Um, he's had a uh, 5X game and a 7X game in his last two. I think Perry, again, gets not the, the same love that Johnson has gotten, rightfully so, because David Johnson has transformed that team and given them some offensive firepower. But he's been just as good quietly along the side. So my uh, value play is uh, Darius Perry, guard 4,400 for Louisville. Yeah, Louisville, one of the best shoot. In fact, they are the best three-point shooting team in the all of the ACC. They're shooting almost 44% from three as a team in conference, which is really, really good. So I, they've got quite a few shooters there that you could probably probably choose from. But that, he's a good one. Awesome. Anything to add, Bird, on this? Yeah, Markel Johnson's priced down just a little bit, and he's going to have to be a usage monster. Yeah. Uh, probably tomorrow against Louisville. I know Louisville's a fantastic defense, but somebody's going to have to put the ball in the basket. I wish Thunderburk wasn't priced up so much. He's up to 7,100 now, which seems a little hefty. Uh, James, do you think C.J. Bryce uh, ever gets back to form? I know he's been hurt for a while, but he's all the way down to 6,900 at home. Yeah. Kind of a huge game for NC State. Yeah, I, I've been kind of waiting for him to bounce back. It hasn't happened yet, so I don't know if he's trying to play with an injury. Um, what's actually happened is... Devin Daniels, who's sort of his mirror image. They're very similar players. And Devin Daniels has kind of taken over that role. He had 39 minutes against North Carolina last game, put up 34 DK. It's a little bit tough. I'd probably target Devin Daniels in more of a cash scenario if you wanted to really take a gamble on C.J. Bryce in case you know he has that big game, which we know he's capable of. Uh, but right now, I'm just not 100% sure what his status is health-wise and when, when he's going to come back. Hey, Bird, I want your personal opinion on this as the, probably the most seasoned DFSer out of the three of us. When you have a guy who's clearly not himself, like we're talking about with Bryce, are you a wait and see, like have him show it to me once, or are you someone, are you, does the game learn you take over and you get him in waiting to catch that game? Uh, I'm a wait and see, but that's because I'm soft. I'm just a soft <laughs> person, soft mentally. That's um, not true. <laughs> I, I, I like to see him give me a game. But but that's how you get those smash spots. I think we talked about a couple guys today who have been priced kind of at their lowest spot of the season. Sheboy at 7000 If there's not a health – so C.J. So Price might be a little bit different because he's had an injury, had a little bit of a health issue. Um, maybe you want to see that guy do it. But a guy like Sheboy who there's mm. nothing wrong with him. He's just had some bad games. I, I think it's certainly a time to kind of mark out and go get those guys. So I think it depends on the situation. Um, and, and if you're not risk adverse, I think there's certainly an opportunity to uh, price is just such an important thing when you're playing DFS and finding those mispriced guys that can have huge upside that have proven it before are certainly guys we want to target. Yeah. One thing I will say about Bryce is he's 0 for 12 in his last two games, uh, actually fouled out two games ago at Georgia Tech. So minutes uh, are pretty low. That'll you know, mislead you, could, you, though. That'll mislead your stats, though. I mean, if you're looking at his yeah. game log and looking at point totals, right there you're telling a story of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and that's my point. And so I think that, that he's a guy maybe, you know, we're saying, hey, he might be playing with an injury, which might be true. We don't know. You know, he could just be shooting really bad in, in bad form right now. Could bounce back and have a huge game tomorrow. So 
you could take a chance with them. You could take a chance with them. I think, you know, what you said, Bird's exactly right. You get these guys when their price is down in low ownership, you get in and that's, that's how you win them. Yeah. And he'll have low ownership for sure. Cause you can get Daniels for $300 less. Yep. So, you know, I, I think he'll be super low owned. So he could be a guy that breaks the slate. Go get your CJ Bryce jerseys on and, and cheer spend that three K. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's close the book on the ACC because we got an elite conference making up our last two games. God, thank God for the Big East. <laughs> but why DePaul can't get on any slate? Any slates? They play it or not? DePaul, uh, Seton Hall. They play at like 10 a.m. tomorrow. It's stupid. Seton Hall is the greatest DFS team on earth. Mamu's back. We, yeah, Mamu's back, and we just can't get we can't get a piece of them. Super annoying. Uh, we get all the Villanova we can eat, and we're going to get them again tomorrow. Uh, Creighton is at Villanova. Uh, Nova is a five-point favorite at home with a 145 over-under. Uh, Jermaine Samuels had a foot injury. Missed a little bit, but James, I think you said he's going to be back. Yeah, uh, confirmed. Which is good news. Uh, Joe, this is this is your conference. This is your baby. Yeah. Talk to me, Goose. All right, so this is going to be probably one of the more visually appealing games of the day. This is the 8th and 11th most efficient offenses in the nation. Um, I'm actually surprised the over-under is just 145 because I think both these teams are going to score on most of their possessions. Um, the tempo isn't that great, but it's good half-court basketball, a lot of pure shooters on both sides of the ball, and uh, this should be a lot of fun. And then from a DFS standpoint, there's not a lot of ways to go wrong here, to be honest with you. There's six guys between 8,000 and 7,000 just in this game alone. All of them get their minutes. All of them... All of them uh, you know, get their shots and are pretty consistent players. Not a lot of uh, roller coaster types. Um, I think, Bird, don't you even have your cash play out of this game? Yeah, I do. Uh, Sadiq Bey is my cash play. Um, he's 7,300 on the slate as a forward. So second highest over-under on the slate. He's at home against a bottom-tier defense in the Big East. Uh, Bay's last three games have been 32 DK, 28 DK, and 36 DK. And his price even dropped $200 because of that. Uh, if Samuels were to miss, he'd get even more usage. But he's still a guy who's averaging 15 points, five rebounds, and Creighton really struggles on the boards. Um, oh, they're tiny. That's because they're tiny, yeah. And so that's yeah. the other nice thing here, right? So Creighton's tiny um, at six eight, athletic. He's a guy who can match up really well and still have a size advantage against Creighton. Yeah. A guy who is probably going to play 35 plus minutes in this game. I think he can succeed on both sides of the court. And he's just somebody who feels like a really, really safe 4X play and, and still has ceiling as well. Yeah, and a game like this, like Bay would typically play the 3 or the 4, but uh, he can play the 4 or the 5 against Creighton, you know, and they can go small and they can do whatever they want. Villanova has a huge advantage in that regard just because Baton is, or excuse me, Creighton is so guard-oriented that, uh, you know, it's rare that there's bigs that can move like Sadiq, um, who can do a, a number of things and just, you know, make it make life easy for Jay Wright. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't talked much about Jeremiah Robinson at all because his price had been so high uh, earlier in the year, but he's in that mid-seven range uh, right now. Creighton is a horrible rebounding team. Statistically, uh, Jeremiah Robinson at all is Villanova's best rebounder, and he's got over 30 DK in four of his last five games, and he's really found his, his groove, and, and he's he's played really, really well lately. I think he's another nice option. Joe, I think you said kind of all these elite Villanova players are good options. They are. They are. Gillespie's safe. You know, his price always feels like it's high, but you look at his game logs, and he's hitting 4X consistently. He's a good cash play. And some of the Creighton guards are amazing cash plays, and, and that's hard to say at a, sometimes at the guard spot, but Tyshawn Alexander is as consistent as they come. Um, Zegarowski is really consistent and has a little more upside. Mitch Ballack is another guy. He starts at the four for him, but does just everything for that team, and he's, he's someone who will have five points and a half, but then finish with 32 um, because they needed him to rebound in the second half. Um, and then the last Creighton guy I'll mention here is Denzel Mahoney, you can just see it when you watch him play. He's got that guard forward flexibility. He's a cheaper way to get exposure here at 5,700, and he's got some elite upside too that you just that just jumps off the screen when you're watching him play. Yeah, Creighton giving up uh, 35% offensive rebounds to the opposing team. It's, that's uh, a lot. That's a lot. It's definitely worse than conference, and I echo what uh, Bird said about Robinson Earl, who's uh, the best offensive rebounder on Villanova. Uh, definitely a, a matchup advantage there for sure. And, and you know, whether you've got a lot of guys in this game or not, 
if if you can find it on your TVs. This will be a fun one just to sit back and watch. Yeah, and they play beautiful basketball. It'll be a really fun game. Um, another game that's going to be really fun from a DFS perspective is our last one on the slate, and that's DePaul at Marquette. Uh, Marquette is an eight-point favorite with an over/under of 148, and seeing that eight-point favorite makes me feel like Marcus Howard's going to play. I know he's questionable, um, at least at this moment, but giving him eight points makes me feel like they, Vegas feels pretty confident he's going to be in the game. Yes, but that, he had a face injury and didn't return. So, I mean, if he would have come back, you know, or, or done something, I, I wish I would have. I wish I would have found better news on it today. So. It's something we definitely want to keep our eyes on. Mar- Marcus Howard obviously is the heart and soul of that team. Uh, he's an, an amazing player at home, and this game is in Milwaukee. So Howard narrative is alive and well if you want to play him at home, assuming he is a go. Um, now, my GPP play in this game is Kobe McEwen. Part of that was because I'm not sure of Howard's status. And if if his face is still bothering him, perhaps that could uh, that could mean Marquette needs to go to their second best scorer. And in my opinion, that is uh, McEwen. He's uh, that transfer from Utah State who kind of had a little hard time finding his way, but really has kicked into gear lately. His last four games has been 25, 36, 27, 25. All of that is. Uh, close to four and a half five x and i think he's going to be a good option at home from a, a, a gpp perspective so kobe McEwen i like a lot in this game marcus howard i like a lot in every game at home and i think bird since you and i both live in illinois we were kind of enamored by this DePaul team but uh, they've kind of shown themselves over the last couple of weeks or since conference play has begun correct yeah they are who we thought they were and that was <laughs> A fun team in the non-conference that's figuring out that the Big East is really, really good. I think they got a really high recruit uh, for next year, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Joe, I know you said you love the stadium. DePaul, super fun place to go watch a game right now. Yeah. But, yeah, they're coming back to life. Uh, Charlie Moore and, and Paul Reed are, are kind of the two guys there. They're going to get so much usage. I, I think you always have to keep them in mind. You always have to think about playing them, especially in the highest over-under uh, on the slate. There's a little bit more risk being on the road. They are kind of the the the, key, the cogs of that wheel um, for DePaul. Yep, they are. Um, I, I like Paul Reed a ton. Uh, every game, he's he's one of those guys who's kind of matchup proof because he's so athletic as a big, kind of like Reggie Perry. You know, the the offense runs through him. He's super athletic, and there's just no good matchup. You put a, he's going to be either bigger than the guy you put on him or faster than the guy you put on him. So I always like Paul Reed. Ninety three hundred is a lot to pay but he is the uh, lifeblood of that team. Charlie Moore, he's, he's been a little more up and down of late. Um, I think this is a game he can excel in. He'll be fine. He's also pretty safe. Jalen Butts has been off. Um, he had a flu that knocked him out for a game or two, and he hasn't quite had a bounce-back game. He's typically their third option. Outside of that, I, I really can't recommend uh, another Blue Demon. Coleman Lands is the shooter, and Romeo Reams is the talented freshman who's playing like a talented freshman. Uh, inconsistent and up and down. Hey, why is Sakar Anem playing so well? He's gone 48, 31, 34 his last three games. Pretty phenomenal. Yeah, no, um, and he's going to be a popular player. I expect he'll be pretty high-owned tomorrow um, just because of his his current form. But he's one of those guys who he's not a real gifted offensive player. I mean, He's making his shots, but if you look at his game logs, you know, it's 5-9 from 3, 4-7 from 3, 4-11, 3-6. Um, that's that's pretty good shooting for someone who I wouldn't consider that his his strength. So uh, I think he'll be high on tomorrow at 7000 I don't know, I, $200 more, give me Schwebe, you know, since we've is, brought him up a number of times. Is he a must-play at 6800 if Howard doesn't go? Anum, no, because, again, he's not a he's not a – I wouldn't call him their secondary scorer when Howard's a go, you know? So right. really w- when Marquette's at full strength, Howard's their lead scorer, Howard's their second scorer, Howard's their third scorer. And then the fourth <laughs> scorer is like Kobe McEwen, McEwen. in my opinion. Okay. Anum's more of a, a scorer by op- opportunity. You know, they're gotcha. collapsing on him or they're running people at him. And he's, he's just been an excellent form making his shots. Gotcha. Yeah. Brandon Bailey seems like a kid who's got some upside. He seems like he's a really talented player. Maybe could be uh uh, a little bit more of a usage guy in the future, but he, he's shown 
some signs of life, and he's playing a ton of minutes uh, lately as well at 5600. Uh, there's there's worse plays you can make for sure. Yeah, and he he's he's lanky, and he's he's really kind of a guard forward. He's tagged as a forward, and he'll do some dirty work at the center. But uh, he's he's one of those new hybrid players. He's going to be an excellent player as he develops. Yeah, so, he, so play Villanova players, play Marquette players, play uh, a little bit of DePaul, a little bit of Louisville. Um, Creighton, Creighton safe. Creighton super safe. I think we got about everything covered. Yeah, I think we did it. James, what did we miss? I think you got everything. All right. Well, let me recap for the for the people who have been following along with our cash value GPP and bus plays. Our cash plays are Kamar Baldwin, Sadiq Bay, and Jordan Wara. The value plays we like are Luther Muhammad, Aldonis Williams, and Darius Perry. GPP are our, our, our tourney guys are Demetric Trice, Jericho Sims, and Kobe McEwen. And the bust guys, the guys we don't like, are Xavier Sneed, Trace Jackson Davis, and Brady Manick. Now, last week, we went 8 of 12. We had a nice week. So we hit on 75% of our picks. Um, we just rolled out. We just recapped our 12 there. Um, overall, we're at 58% on the year. Bird was actually the best of the three of us last week, and now he leads our internal competition 29. James has 28, and I have 26. So I am currently the big loser after taunting about being the big leader for the first three pods we did, I think. That's why we don't taunt, my friend. And, That's hey, right. before you close us up as your penalty for losing, uh, we did get several five-star ratings uh, since our last pod. I think we got six five-star ratings on iTunes. We also got two reviews. Uh, we got one from Colin Wayand, and he said, finally, his title was finally, finally a CBB DFS podcast. I love it. So, Colin, thanks for listening. That's awesome. We're, we're glad that we're bringing you uh, some CBP heat over the podcast machines. And then we also got one from Kyle L485. And Kyle said, great content. These pods provide great insight and information. Love the breakdowns and picks. So, Kyle, thank you as well. Uh, and, guys, please uh, continue to give us ratings. Please uh, feel free to leave us some reviews. We'll, we'll, we'll read those on air. Uh, feel free to be creative and, and say nice things, especially about, about me and James. If you want to bag on Joe and his bad picks, that's, that, fine. that's fine too. Hey, didn't Kyle, wasn't the guy's name Kyle who introduced the other yes. review? So yes. have we made the connection then? I want, is that Kyle? Is that P. Morgan 3's buddy Kyle? Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if it is because P. Morgan 3 said we were life changing and Kyle just said we were, he just said thanks. Well, if it is Kyle, you're, yeah, you're the great. You're awesome. Maybe a I Hall think, of Famer. I think as a general rule, most Kyles are pretty awesome. Yeah, that's true. That's scientific fact. <laughs> kind of like our picks. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, um, let's bring it to a close. We're on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS. We post all of our content at our website at CBB-DFS.com. We had a great pod today. We're wishing everybody all of the luck rate review that's all i got guys yeah go dominate on saturday guys 